Hi, everyone. I'd like to uh, uh, welcome everybody to the uh, fifth uh, installment of Real Talk with uh, Real Estate Investment. And uh, I'll leave it to uh, Jen. So welcome, everybody. Uh, Mike today is going to introduce our two guests. We have Kunal and Karan Maholtra. And um, I'm going to let Mike tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit more about what they're going to share with us today. Yeah, for sure. So uh, today we're excited to uh, talk to the brothers. They're uh, uh, a brother power team. So, um, of course, you know, we're husband and wife power teams. The same with, uh, you know, you and Steph. Um, But we find we make so much more progress when we work as a team. Um, So I want to read something about uh, Kanal and uh, Karan. March 17th, they actually reached out to me uh, saying, hey, Mike, I'd love to connect with you to share how I'm approaching things, you know, and maybe you can guide me on some certain things. Uh, I saw your comments in today's, uh, you know, Facebook. Uh, I'd love to be able to reach out and talk to you about how you've been, you know, able to grow your business. So here we go. It was March 17th, not even a year ago. We're coming up on a year. Um, These guys were reaching out to me and they said, what do we do? We want to buy real estate. You know, how do we do it? So I think we jumped on it. We did a couple of calls. Eh? The first call was about a half hour, an hour. And they said, where do we find money? And I talked to them about how we had structured some deals and how we'd found some deals. And uh, next thing you know, uh, here we are. And uh, I'll let you guys uh, take it from there. Yeah, yeah. If I may, I mean, the call that we had, that was the first positive call that we had with any investor, mortgage broker, lawyer that kind of motivated us and said that, yeah, you don't need money to buy real estate. I mean, you don't need to save up. So otherwise everybody, I mean, what did the other guy say that? Oh yeah, like we, so the first mortgage broker we spoke to, he was like, OPM is great for a midnight conversation with your wife. And that's about it. Okay. (laughs) So like that definitely demotivated us because we were just getting started out, but you know, then we, we knew this can be done. People are doing it. It's just about how you do it. Right. So that's when we spoke to you, Mike. And then that was probably one of the most productive calls we had uh, in the beginning of our career. And, you know, we just took took your advice and then we just uh, went from there. I think that's awesome. Right and on. Where are, you guys at, where are you guys at now with, you know, properties and where are you in the process? Can I? Yeah, sure. We right. just closed a duplex like half an hour ago. Now, so I and I just want to I just want to bring up kind of what linked us all together. So all six of us are part of the same mentoring group. Like we met through a group of investors that uh, wanted to kind of connect and network and grow and and kind of figure out what we're doing and kind of share and support with each mm-hmm. other. So that's kind of what brought us together. Um, how did you guys get there? Just before we get to where you are, mm-hmm. I know I'm super interested because I've never heard the whole story before. Um, mm-hmm. What got you started, I think, which is going to bridge you really nicely into what Mike wants to know. And, and that's kind of where you are now and and how you got to a duplex closing half an hour ago. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, well, a little bit about me. Uh, I came to Canada as a student in 2012. Uh, and, you know, like right after you do your university, just like any immigrant, you're like, okay, now I got to go get a job. I got to get, a, you know, I got, then I got to go buy a house. I got to bring my family over. So while I was, you know, a few years, I was just trying to figure out what do I want to do with my corporate career. Uh, and once that got stable, the next thing was getting married because I was getting old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> once we got married, 
the rental houses honestly were just getting too small for my whole family to fit in. Like we were living in a two bedroom condo and it was yeah, there were like four of us. It was obviously too small. Right. Uh, and the next step was like, about Kunal, in the future, Kunal's gonna get married, his wife is gonna come, so we need a place to live. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's when we started looking for our primary residence. And then we looked, our, looked at our primary residence I think in 2020, October. Uh, yeah, closed, yeah that's when we closed on it. And it pretty much took majority of our, all our savings. Well, because of the, how the house prices were, it took majority of our savings. But within the next four months, we got an, like, well, in the next two months, we got an amazing news from a realtor saying that your property has appreciated 40%. Do you want to sell it? I'm like, wow. Just bought the property in like two months ago. <laughs> so uh, it was actually a very positive phone call uh, not because we ended up selling we still have that uh, the house we bought in uh that's where kunal took that information and then just spiraled on uh into where we are so i let him uh bridge, bridge us into that yeah okay. yeah just one thing i want to add what karan said that uh we did not save money for our primary residence it was all line of credits so okay. yeah yeah uh, uh we went to multiple banks got line of credits at the same time we, we had approximately around 130, 140,000 of line of credit that we essentially use as down payment for our primary residence. Wow. Uh, and and uh, at that time, we didn't know what OPM was. And uh, after we got our primary residence, you know, we both had good full-time jobs. We both are in the software industry. We were paying bills. Oh, what's next? I need to get a fancy car. I got a fancy car. And soon a month later, I realized, man, like, you know, I'm in a tight spot. I can barely save any money. I'm not like, you know, I think twice before even I go out to eat on a Friday night. Yeah. So started listening to podcasts, uh, started listening to like, start following people on social media and then just heard uh, about OPM and how people are using that to uh, buy their properties, uh, buy properties and scale from there because we were all capped out after getting the first mortgage because we both were, it was, it was a residential property. And as you know, how prices are in GTA, you know, we were not able to qualify for any more mortgages after we got our primary residence. Right. Uh, so since then, we got into the mentorship program, tr like educated ourselves. And uh, then it was like, okay, now we educated ourselves. How do we raise money? And, and uh, yes, you need down payment, quote unquote, but you don't need to save it, but you need to raise it from somewhere. So... We reached out to Mike. That was the time when we reached out to Mike, and Mike uh, suggested us that you know start telling everyone what you're doing. Just the first one's gonna be hard, but after that, it's, it's gonna get easier. So there's not even a single person in, in the group we know, and it was a very small group because we just came out of universities, and everybody we knew were either students or our professors. And professors have been working there for 15 years. I mean. You know, I respect them, but it's just they were not. Uh, they didn't have the investor mindset. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No, and and that's really valid, right? And if you're talking to people that aren't wired to think that way, they're mm -hmm. likely going to look at you like you're crazy, which exactly. we've had happen to us a ton of times. Yeah. Many no, times. Many times. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a struggle to uh, surround yourself with uh, a lot of like-minded people that are interested and motivated. To take action and to and to seek out OPM. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So we didn't really have any luck. We didn't really have luck with uh, any family members, even in Canada and outside of Canada, because you know we are very first generation, not even first generation Canadians. We're we're just immigrants. We just came here like a few years ago, 
and there there are no there's no family here who has houses land or they can give us their HELOC or something right. so once we started telling people we get a call from one of Karan's colleagues that hey I might be able to introduce you to someone who 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 is interested to lend or who's at least interested to listen to your proposal and that was the person we didn't even know like we have never met this guy he wants to just understand what what we are doing and mm-hmm. luckily that was our first private investor yeah. and he wow. has been with us in every deal we have done so far no all the full down payment but he has had a- he he he, he ha- he's been part of every single deal we mm-hmm. have done so far like in the past year we well, this was this was our third deal that we closed today mm-hmm. he's been part of all the three deals uh with us and oh so- that's wonderful yeah Yeah and and honestly this is not something that we are doing for ourselves uh, as i said we both have software job we can switch jobs and get up in that career ladder and you know still be in a comfortable place here here in GTA and live our life it's mainly for our parents we want them to come over here and we want them to have a life like you know live in Canada enjoy Canada retire and spend time with their family just because they spent whatever they had to send us over here and you know whatever resources they had they kind of use everything so that we both have uh, a a good life moving forward in a different country in a better country uh so our our goal is to just have them over here and they can spend time with us spend time with potential Quran's kids and then enjoy yeah. and that's and, i love that i think yeah. that that's so wonderful oh my gosh yeah, yeah. And, and you i was going to say you alluded to um being immigrants so what kind of challenges what what did you face coming here buying properties and what can you teach other immigrants about coming to canada and doing what you did yeah uh, so one thing which my dad told me from day one uh, since i became like i started having a credit history was make sure you pay your bills on time uh, and because that's going to pay off when you are actually uh, a citizen when you actually want to buy properties mm-hmm. your high like in this country credit is everything like if you have a good credit people will lend you money if you have a bad credit well half the battle is already lost for you mm-hmm. uh, yeah you're going to have to work that much harder right if your credit isn't great to try and and work your way around it for sure mm-hmm. 100% so yeah that was the first thing uh, first piece of advice that my dad gave us uh and that's exactly what Kamal and I uh followed and uh well obviously you know I would like for any new immigrant I would recommend start saving uh maybe not like crazy amount of money but just start saving a portion of like portion of your income so you can start accumulating it at, and as even though it's not you can start your entire down payment cost it actually accounts for your renovation amount or some portion mm-hmm. of uh, like of the property expense that you have uh so it would definitely act as a buffer yeah and the other thing for for immigrants would be like you know get that higher higher uh limit credit card i mean if they're giving you a $5000 credit card get it do not get a $1000 credit card you might not have to use it right now but you might need it down the line when you understand the concept of opm and how you can convert that debt as a good debt and it's paying off down the line for you um and the- and one more thing was exactly the same thing that we did was before you buy a property or before you buy like any liability go to the banks and get line of credits go yeah. to like every single financial institution go there every single <laughs> you can think of go get lines of credits even if they give you $20,000 if you go to five banks well that's 100k of unsecured line of credit that you have right and yeah. 
the only thing I would recommend you do it is do it in a week because after that banks can see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll plug my mortgage my mortgage agent ears. Yeah, switch hats tonight, Mike, for sure. Yeah. It's investor hat, not mortgage yeah. broker hat. Yeah, so. and then uh, do not make the mistake I made. Do not get an expensive car prior to getting a getting a rental property or getting a house, uh, just because it does affect your credit in a way that you won't qualify for uh, the amount that you would need potentially to, to buy your property considering how the prices are going up. Yeah. Right. And uh, one last thing is like the thing that really got me into this whole uh, investor mindset was a book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Highly recommend anyone listening to it, just go ahead and read it. Like it will change your mindset. Like it will change the way you're thinking. It will give you awareness that you didn't even know that you were missing. <laughs> Yeah. No. no, and I think we've all read that book a couple of times and and that's definitely on our list of of top 5 books that we've read that really affected our journey and uh, made us be able to look at things in different ways. Yeah, actually I have it on Audible and uh if if I'm on a long trip, I'll uh, I've listened to it maybe 2-3 times. I mm -hmm. I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. And it all this clicks with you. It all this connects with you in a different way whenever you read it another time. So you're like, okay, yeah, why don't I try this? And, and yep. No, so and it's true. And your experiences change how you mm -hmm. kind of accept the information, right? As every time you listen to it, you've had more stuff happen. There's been more learning. There's been more growth. So you're looking at things through a different lens at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like it's something fresh every time you listen to it or every time you read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And, and I, I like the part of your story where your OPM came from somebody that you didn't even know. <laughs> which is really awesome and i've always challenged people to have those uncomfortable conversations even with perfect strangers yeah at least okay. two a week and like and mike would always make jokes about me walking my dog, around dog. And, <laughs> and, and dog. yeah talking to neighbors complete strangers uh about my investment journey and it's it's really neat and the more you do it the better your comfort level grows mm -hmm. and then you can answer those those tough questions that people come up with and if if you have the answers they're they're a lot more comfortable right Absolutely. and like and just to add all of that one thing that i noticed i was missing in my initial conversations like i did the same thing exactly like the, the, the way you did just talking to random people just to kind of get that practice of mm -hmm. delivering this right uh, and once I got to the point of being able to deliver this, one thing that I noticed that I was missing was confidence. I'm like, yes, I can deliver, but okay, where does it come? Because the moment they ask me a cross question, I'm like, uh, like you know that. Yeah. 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 So essentially, because at that point I didn't really believe in myself that I can actually do it. Uh, so it's one. It's and it depends. Like it depends upon different kinds of experiences, different kind of people you speak to. Some people motivate you. Some people demotivate you. So it's not until I met that first person who really wanted to understand what I, uh, what I had to say. And then mm -hmm. he's like, okay, I understand. And kind of just gave me some positive feedback. And like, these are the different questions that I might ask you. And, and that's when I knew, okay, these are the questions I need to be prepared for. And then it just kind of spiraled like, okay, now I knew what I was talking about and I could stay behind my words. Like, okay, this, these are what my numbers are. This is what I'm presenting and this is what I'm offering. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that we overcame and I think I mentioned it to you guys is you're not asking for money. You're presenting an opportunity yep. you know I mean? when, you know, that's what I'm made all the difference with us too, was flipping that mindset that we're yeah. not asking for money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah.
So, you know, we had deals where we were paying 10% interest and somebody was getting, it was 0.05% interest in her savings account. And, you know, when I, when I showed them what I was going to pay them a month, a month, I thought the lady's like jaw was going to hit the ground. <laughs> right. And yeah. I said, double check. And we figured it out. It was yeah, 0.05% interest that they were making in their savings account. So, right. Talk about an opportunity. You know, I'm not asking for money. I'm talking about an opportunity for, for everybody, a win-win. And we yeah. found the biggest challenge with us was we could talk. We could talk a lot about what we're doing and how we're doing it and everything else. But the toughest part that we found was the ask. Mm -hmm. so doing that final ask, yeah. what you want from them. Yeah. And that was very much our, it was very difficult for us to overcome for that. Yeah. And it's, you know, at, at the end of the conversation is, hey, is that something that would interest you? You know, do you want to hear more about it? It's just those closing that, right? Yeah. And, and wrapping no, and it up so that it's that's great perspective. So what do you do when you're when you're kind of having those conversations? Do you leave it as, you know what, all can I follow up in a day or two or in a week after you talk about it? Do you ask them, like, is this something that you you'd be interested in doing? You know, should we should we be talking further? What does your kind of sign off look like? Yeah, for, for us, what we exactly do is as soon as we get an opportunity or a deal under contract, we create a lender's package. And we try to put as much information as we can in that and kind of give them an idea, hey, this is a lender's package. And if you're interested in this deal, reach out to us. If we send it to 20 people, 20 of the investors that have reached out to us in the past year, three of them uh, are, are gonna reach out to us, hey, we're interested and we're interested in no more. Or they at least tell other people or forward that PDF to other people, like, hey, these guys are offering you 10%, 12%, 8% on their investment. Uh, and, and it's backed by real estate, it's backed by math, it's backed by calculations. Why don't you talk to them? Uh, so in order, so, so when we go and talk to someone, they already have gone through the document and they understand how much money we're requesting and what we're offering them. And that is when they are coming to us and letting us go, hey, okay, let, you know, tell me more, more about it. And that's when half of the battle is already won. They're interested. Right. Yeah. Cause you've already kind of caught the fish, right? Yeah, you've, you've they're coming back if they're interested, which I'm, I'm, I think that's actually a really neat idea. Now, Mike and Leanne, I, I know the podcast is, is about the brothers today, but what do you guys do? Is it a sign off? Is it a, cause I mean, we've had these talks a hundred yeah. times, but I don't think we've ever done it from this angle, right? Like how no. do you wrap up at the end? Typically a lot of times, um, depending on, you know, how well we know them and, and how much they know about us. A lot of times it's, uh, I'll end off with, I understand that's a lot of, lot to digest. Why don't we give you a day or two, you know, depending on the response at the end. Sometimes people are like, yeah, okay, this this makes sense. Or we've had a couple conversations, but, you know, usually it's, uh, okay, I can see you got some questions. You want to think about it. Why don't we give you guys, especially if it's a husband and wife or a, a couple, why don't we guys give you a, a day or two. Um, you guys can formulate some questions. Definitely write them down. We're, we always say we're an open book. Um, you know, we share everything with you and we're very transparent. Uh, why don't we get back together in a day or two? You know, yeah. we, no, and you know, if they want to keep talking, yeah. right? Like that's, yeah. you, you yeah. kind of, you know, right away, if this is going to be a maybe or, or a definitely a no. And, and then it's like, you just kind of move on and, and try something else. But yeah. no, that's, I love that. And I, I love that you prepare a lender's package. So my, my question then is in this market, because you don't have a lot of days for due diligence, right? Sellers don't want to give you a lot of conditional period because the market is so busy right now. So yeah. how quickly do you like you're sometimes with some deals, you're only dealing with a couple of days. You don't have mm -hmm. 
weeks of worth of time and, and you know what I mean? Like 10 business days to, to throw something together. So how do you guys deal with the challenge of a quick turnaround like that sometimes? So it's mainly, so one of the ways that we have done is this is essentially speak to the lenders beforehand. So okay. uh, that's something, one thing that we have done uh, since we started posting about our, uh, about our journey and what we're doing with all our units, how we're rotating them, just kind of providing that value on, like, on social media. A lot of people start reaching out to us organically, be like, hey, tell me more about what you're doing. I'm definitely interested to know I might be, whether as an investor or whether just like I want to kickstart my real estate journey. So I have already, usually I like, I already have these conversations beforehand uh, regarding uh, regarding this, just kind of gauging whether they would be interested or not. And uh, before even we find a deal, I just have this conversation like, hey, I don't really have a deal right now, but I might be looking something in the near future within the next couple of months. If you if you were interested in invest based on the numbers, how much money would you be okay with investing? We can definitely talk about the specific details once yep. the numbers become available. But this way they're like, oh, you know, I might do 25K, I might do 50K. So this gives me an idea, okay, this person has a potential of doing 25K. Obviously, until the deal, we have an accepted offer. I can't really go and ask someone for money. Like, hey, I need dollars. Yep. But, but this, it gives you an idea, yeah. right? And, and if it's a 25K investor, you know you're likely going to need a couple like him yes. to go in together to, to do yeah. that deal, right? If it's a 50K or 100K or 150K, you know that you could do a deal with just that investor on their own and it'll fit. Yeah. 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 And, and we've had that. And yeah. at the beginning too, like our first OPM deal, I think our it was like four people. Yeah. in on the same deal it was a ton of paperwork and lots of juggling but <laughs> if we had if that's how it had to happen that's how it had to happen and and we were fine with that because at the end of it we had a great cash flowing asset that we really didn't pay very much for 100 mm -hmm. absolutely yeah like yeah. towards the end of the day you're still paying lump sum the same amount of interest whether you pay to yeah. four different people exactly. whether you pay to one person yeah. uh, and this actually uh, this idea really came to us from our first property because the lend the investor that we mentioned about He's like, I'm only going to give you X percentage of a down payment. I'm like, how do we raise the remaining payments? So down right. payments. So that's when we went down and started Because initially the down payment was about like 60K. He came up with uh, like uh, 30K in the, in the deal. And then we didn't really have to go out and ask for 60K. We only had to go out and ask for 30K mm -hmm. from other investors. So for someone who is very new uh, with investing with us, a 30k pill might be easy to swallow, swallow rather than like, hey, I need sixty thousand dollars from you uh, mm -hmm. to invest. So the more if people come with small portions, it just gets easier. The smaller, like the smaller the portion is, it's yeah. easier to convince people to come and invest. Yep. Yeah. No, and like you said, you're paying out the same amount of interest every month, whether it's in one e transfer or in five. It's still, you know what? Mm -hmm. And and for us, we just ate the five e transfers, and you know what? That's you mark it on the calendar, and away you go. Yeah. 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 And, and one thing which Punal uh, told me once we did, once we got our second property, and uh, because the property which we closed today, the duplex, we had an accepted offer on this property in September. Oh, and we closed on this property. So we had this property since September and we bought it at the September market price, not the February market price. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it was on sale back in September. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? 20% yeah. off. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we got to do Yeah, so we are mainly invested in Sudbury. Uh, okay. All our properties are in the West End right now, the Little Britain. Uh, yeah. Douglas, and then that's where we are 
Lardan. Uh, we chose the West End just because it's not Larmel Dunwin, but it's also not the South End where the prices are. Yeah. No, and you know what? The West End is still a yeah. lovely neighborhood. The price points are fairly reasonable. I mean, their cash flow is tight everywhere um, yes. just because the selling prices are so high. But the West End is still a nice area to live in. There's yeah. still there's lots of schools and parks and and arenas mm -hmm. and recreational stuff. And, and there's a lot of good stuff happening in lots, that end. Lots of rentals. And it's a really yeah. strong investor area. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, and some of my so favorite restaurants are in the West End. So you mentioned. Uh, you close on a duplex. So you guys just have a duplex or do you have some other properties? Yeah. So, so what all of them? So, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited. Uh, so the first property that we got uh, in June was uh, triplex. Uh, and that was mm -hmm. our first property. And then in September, we closed on a fourplex. And uh, so this duplex is our third property in Sudbury. And to all add to all of it, we already have our primary residence. So if you count on all the doors, we have ten doors in total. Oh, that's at this awesome. Right that's now. awesome. Yeah, that's in, amazing. In, in under a year. Yeah, zero down payment. Like I mean, we did pay down payment, but we, did, we didn't save for the down payment. So yeah, no. So you know what, your closing costs and and all that stuff that you would have been yeah. paying anyways, but yes. all of it with OPM. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, you guys are awesome. And really, there's no like you don't even. How do you stop now that you're getting good at it? Now it's just it's just you're in stride, right? And that's it's, yeah. And two of those parts, the fourplex and the triplex, are are almost stabilized. All of the cash for keys are done. We're yeah. just left with renovating two more units out of the seven, and we're gonna trigger the refinance and return to private investors many sooner than they anticipated. So yeah. and just they're happy with the investment and they'll. Most likely, be interested to invest with us again for for other yeah. other deals. Yeah, yeah. and and and, oh, yeah. and and likely for a bigger amount. Oh, right? oh yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, now guys, a tip: we uh, we pay repaid a bunch of our private investors. Some of that money it was four months early. Um, so really, do you have a project that you know you can park money for four months? Not really. So we actually reached out to uh, all of them and anybody. You know, some of them were uh, right on time. Some of them were a month early. Some of them were four months early. And we repaid them uh, the full interest that we committed to over that time frame. Mm -hmm. And, you know, me and Leanne talked about it. And we said, our plan, <laughs> it went perfect, actually, probably a little bit better than perfect. So why wouldn't we want to reward the people who helped us? You know, what I mean, sometimes people will say, well, hey, you know what, it's four months early. Um, so I'm not going to pay you the last four months of interest. You know, what I mean, but then if I'm touting, around at how perfect our project went, right? Or are they gonna think, well, geez, I was a part of that. So we wanted to include them in our success. Yeah. And yeah. let me tell you, when we pay, repaid a lot of them, a lot of them were like, let me know when I went next project is. And that's the easiest way to do it, right? Is, is you wanna keep your investors happy. You wanna make sure that they're paid in full and on time. If you're able to do it a little bit early, and like you said that you know what you're recognizing that that they helped you you're paying them out the full amount whether you're a little bit early or not and that helps them be a part of your success and it likely makes them want to do it again some will do it again some won't if they have that money earmarked for something else mm -hmm. but um the likelihood of them coming back and saying oh you know what that went so well let's do it again is pretty high mm -hmm. yes yes absolutely for sure thanks for the advice Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into our lightning round, mm -hmm. uh, I want to ask you one more question. You you alluded to cash for keys. How how does that process work for you? How have you been uh, doing with that? I, you hear yeah. so many different stories. And how have you had success with it? 
So uh, just I, in terms of stats, uh, yeah. we out of the seven years, so this is uh, the duplex that we got is a vacant position. So no issues with oh, any wow. with them. Perfect. Uh, so the triplex and the fourplex, so that's like in total of seven units. Out of that seven, only one was a natural transition. Others we paid cash for keys or had an LTB hearing against them. Um, so essentially like the way we kind of approached it was just kind of have a human to human kind of a conversation with those people. Uh, just be like, hey, how are you? Like how, how long have you been living in this place? Obviously these were distressed property. So any normal sane person would be like, I'm frustrated, but I don't really have any anywhere else to go. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, the moment they brought that was more like, hey, we are the new investors. Our plan is just to renovate the whole building, but we do want to help you get to a better place to move out of this place so we can start renovating it. And that's when the kind of conversation spiral is. Uh, I mean, like, hey, we're offering you X amount of dollars so you can, uh, and then we'll, if there were any, any rent arrears, we also waived off a few months of rent arrears if they had any and just told them we're not going to take you to LTB. We're just doing X, Y, and Z things and also paying you X amount of dollars for you to leave. So that kind of gave them, like, that kind of attracted them. Okay, this, it kind of made sense to them in terms of a proposition. Few of them accepted it. One of them didn't. Uh, one of the tenants, we even offered like about $5,000 cash for them to leave. They did not accept it after they were $10,000 in our years. No, well, no, they costed us about like about $12,000 because they were really bad tenants. Yeah. Uh, but then we ended up going into the LTV, got a hearing, and well, they just left yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, get on. Yeah. One thing I would like to add is how, how we do it is we always do a bad cop and a good cop. So he's a good cop. I am. <laughs> so, when we, yeah, when we go to them, we tell them, hey, we work for the company who actually bought this building. We never tell them that we are the new You're owners. The actual owners. Wow, yeah. And, and we, we tell them that, hey, we. Are we understand the problem that you're facing, but you are in arrears of like last month's rent, this month's rent. So we don't want to go through the LTB and and you know start that process. And it's it takes a long time to get the LTB hearing, and we don't want to mm -hmm. make each other's lives uh, any any more difficult. So it takes us four months to go to the LTB and you know to have a resolution. Why don't we pay you four months' rent, and you know why don't you leave, and we'll help you with the moving as well. And some of them are like, okay, you know, why don't you give me your last month? So they started negotiation after that. When you when you kind of show them that you're trying to help them and mm -hmm. you're not against them, you don't want to kick them out because it's their home essentially. Although they are holders, they are, you know, they, they do drugs, they sell drugs from the house, but still they live over there. So as long as you can show that you're trying to help them one way or another and also getting the job them and getting them evicted, kind of works on your favor and that's what we have seen works for us yeah and it's, it's essentially all about controlling your emotions because you are a landlord you go visit your property you see what they have done to your property any normal human being would just get furious and right? be like you know start swearing or something but it's more about it, it is emotional but you have to leave the emotional element out of it because when you go and introduce yourself you're not introducing yourself as a landlord you're introducing yourself as someone who works for the landlord so by default they assume that you are not the person who's kicking them out you're just kind of you know taking orders from x person and then mm -hmm. telling them and same thing with goes with negotiation when they tell us like okay, okay we'll speak to the landlords and get back to you so they know that we are trying to work for them as well always show there's a higher power that's making the decisions and that's not you and you're trying to work with them it kind of works for us that's amazing. very smart mm -hmm. i love that yeah mm -hmm. yeah
Good. It's kind of like being a manager at work. You're that. You're the middle manager. I was just going to say that's middle management yeah. at its finest, right that's there. The buck, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, lightning round. So, if you're unfamiliar with what lightning round is, uh, we're each going to ask you two questions. We're going to go around the table, ask uh, each a question each, and go around again and ask another question. Just quick answers. And just quick answer. What comes to the top of your head? Just, just like that. Lightning round. Uh, I'll start it out. Okay. Um, so $1 million or 100 doors, what would you pick? 100 doors. like a million dollars. I mean, uh, I would get $1 million and buy more than 100 doors in a tertiary market. So yep. yeah. fair enough. Okay. I, I take my response back. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. So if you had no uh, money restrictions, which country for your next purchase? You know, Canada, U.S., Mexico, Spain. Uh, I would, uh, uh, like so Bahamas or Belize. Yeah, we would go with Bahamas just because of the tax-free uh, country, how it is. And uh, I was listening to Mike Rosehart the other day. He's in Bahamas right now. And it actually came to my attention that to be considered a Bahamas resident, uh, you just have to stay there at, for 90 days if you're a Canadian citizen then you don't have to pay taxes in Canada because Canada sometimes like there's a way that you can structure your corporation that all that income is coming in Bahamas and you're not paying any taxes on any income you're making. So you're making a million dollars, you're keeping a million dollars for yourself. And there's still a lot of potential just after the last hurricane that they had. And I mean, you don't have to worry too much about the hurricanes over there because the insurance kind of covers everything. There are insurances for that. And you can stay there for 300 days, and then the rest of the days are hurricane season. Come back to Canada for that. So we'll like to move to Bahamas. And eventually. just like that, the Bahamas is on the map now. Yeah. <laughs> right? That'll Darn, be our another next, country. That'll be our next coffee talk, Leanne. <laughs> yeah. Bahamas. Bahamas. Right here. Bahamas. Yeah. Okay. Right here. Uh, what do you like most about being in business with your brother? Uh, it's more about uh, how easy it is to arrive to a conclusion and it's how easy and convenient it is for us to bounce ideas off of each other. We literally just like, he lives, like I work in the mint for he works in that for It's like, hey, we should literally <laughs> because it's just so easy for our voice. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's great. That rolls right into the next one. What do you like least about being in business with your brother? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, well, we both have the same mindset, but he's more aggressive on how he approaches things. And I'm more of like conservative kind of thing. So we kind of butt heads uh, sometimes like he wants to go do to do, do. I'm like, OK, let's 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 take a step back, analyze and then do it. So there are some ways like uh, some things that we kind of butt heads against, but we have definitely divided the work that we do. So I take care of like property management, day-to-day -day stuff, and he essentially takes care of like the contractors, renovations, or ordering materials and looking for deals. That's great. So we do have our own specific areas that we focus on, but then we, you know, towards the end of the day, we definitely kind of give each other updates. And then whenever it's decision time, it's both of us on the table making a decision, then executing it. Yeah, it's very complimentary listening to the two of you talk. So um, that good cop, bad cop thing, it, it works well for you, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't change a thing that he said. It's exactly copy paste. Oh, yeah. awesome. So if travel and money uh, wasn't a barrier, where would you be right now? Bahamas. 
Bahamas again. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Uh, we might join you actually now that I'm <laughs> Yeah, look at the place for supper and we'll, we'll meet up. Yep. <laughs> so if you didn't get into real estate investing, uh, what would you be doing right now? Obviously, you'd be doing your nine to five, but where would you be right now? Uh, I guess there will be two answers because we both were doing just two different things. Uh, I was a lot more into stock options trading. Uh, I was kind of trying to learn about it and understand how to execute them. But then I just found real estate and that just made more sense. Uh, so if I was not doing real estate, I would be doing stock options trading. Yes. On top of my nine I would definitely have a second job in terms of like consultation, in terms of uh, um, I'm, I, I'm working as a project manager in the robotics industry. So just consulting with uh, other people, but definitely a second gig for sure. Just to keep up in inflation, it's so hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Yeah. Three things that made you successful in real estate investing. Can you narrow it down to three? <laughs> the one the one would be uh, the family support and then our, our why, it's, it's very strong. Throw anything on us and then, uh, you know, we'll keep our head down rush through it just because we know where we want to get to and how long do we need to how long do we need to get there so uh just family support and, uh, and our why because what we are doing it's essentially for them you know we're happy where we are right now but uh yeah and like uh, the third thing would be uh like listening to a lot of podcasts and networking mm -hmm. with people uh because uh, like the same cash for key strategy we literally found it on a podcast like we were listening to some like we like so the best thing is, since our properties are in Sudbury, we have four hours of driving and nothing to do. So nothing to do but listen to podcasts. podcasts going in, four podcasts going back. Like so It's like we listen to a lot of podcasts. And essentially, even though we couldn't relate to every single thing that specific investor were talking about, we were able to extract pieces of information related back to us. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, uh, one of the biggest information that I got was, how do you know whether the tenant is willing to leave or not? When, and we do that when we when we go for home inspections. That's when we find out whether the tenant is going to take cash for keys or not take cash for keys. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one example. So we were walking the property with the home inspector and the realtor, and I am standing outside, and the realtor comes out, and he's like, "Your brother is very happy because the tenant just told him that she might just leave next month." I'm like, oh, "Okay, we're we're firming up on this deal." <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, okay, so how do you guys reward yourself? after you have a success so you closed on a duplex an hour ago um are you guys doing anything to celebrate that uh it's, it's mainly small celebrations because we want to celebrate big once we feel that we have achieved at least level step one like a level one of our goals it's more like having a beer having a good dinner and just talking with the family staying with the family nothing too extravagant because we definitely want to make sure that we are focused on our goals and where we want to actually get to Rather than celebrating, we just celebrating too early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? Fair enough. And uh, and and you know what? Mike and Leanne are are like that, and so are we, right? We give ourselves those small celebrations, mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. as we have a success, and and we're saving the really big trip down south somewhere. Um, you know what? For a couple more deals, and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah. So sorry. you know what? I I I get how that works too. All right. Well, you know what? I think that just about takes care of our time for today. I can't tell you how much we've enjoyed having you guys on Real Talk today. I think mm -hmm. your story is amazing. I think that you're going to be so inspirational to so many um, people, new investors, immigrants to Canada, people that really don't know how to get started can listen to what you guys have laid out 
And oh. it just makes it so motivating and so, so easy to follow and easy to understand. And you guys are just, I can't wait to see what you go, what you do next. So like, you know, Steph and I are in Sudbury as well. This is where our home base is, at least until our kids are, are grown and gone. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? The next time you're here, we would love to get together. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? Let's have lunch. Let's have coffee. I can't wait to hear what you guys do next. And um, I really want to thank you for being a part of Real Talk. Uh, and, and you've brought so much to, to the show. And I can't wait to have you guys back maybe in another six months and, and see where sure. you are and what you've accomplished. Yeah, sure. The pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much for motivating us. And we're grateful for this opportunity. And uh, thank you to Mike for connecting all of us here. And although we, we did chat back back on Facebook, but it's the first time we're all yeah, like face to face. And honestly, as I said in the beginning, like you guys are inspiration for us, and like we look up to you guys. And honestly, we hope to get to where you guys are very very soon. Yeah. And, oh my god, you guys are so oh, kind. You guys yeah. are driven. I, I you guys no will doubt. get there yeah. way faster than yeah. we did. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's for for our listeners, how if anybody wants to reach out to you, are you open to that? Um, how do they get a hold of you? 100%. So uh, I think the two best ways for me, for for them to get in touch with me is through Instagram or Facebook. Uh, mm -hmm. Facebook, it's Karan Malhotra. And my Instagram handle is invest, W-I-D, with Karan. So W-I-D, Karan, sorry. Yeah. And uh, my Facebook is Kunal Malhotra. And my Instagram is... Uh, Kunal Malhotra, but the instead of an O, it's a zero. So K-U-N-A-L-M-A-L-H-0-T-R-A. And you know what? I follow both of you guys on Instagram, and we're all friends on Facebook, and you guys do put out some really nice content. And uh, I always like seeing what you're up to with your renovations and your before and after pictures, so I can't wait to see yeah. more. And then same way, we look forward to your newsletter every single week. Jennifer. We do, Jennifer. <laughs> I, I read that. like It's, it's such, such an amazing, yeah. heartfelt newsletter. Like I love reading it. It's like you're talking to us. Yeah, oh, well, you know what? Imagine me with my cup of tea just sitting in your living room <laughs> telling you a story. So yeah. that's actually on my list of things to do tonight. I have to get that uh, rolling because we're leaving tomorrow. Our son has a hockey tournament in the Sioux. Actually, we're going to link up with Mike and Leanne this weekend, which is oh, going to be super fun. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to get that newsletter finished tonight. So hopefully you'll enjoy it on Friday. And uh, really, guys, I cannot thank you again. It was lovely to finally chit-chat kind of in person, closer yeah. to in person than I think we've been before. But um, I wish you guys nothing but the best. And I can't wait to hear what, what happens next for you. Thank you so much. Thank guys. you so much for having us. Right on. So on that note, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to episode number five of Real Talk About Real Estate Investing. And um, we'll catch you next week. Yeah. And I always say uh, thanks for keeping it real. Yeah. And you know what, Mike? Thanks for keeping it real. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've seen their social media posts. Nobody keeps it more real than they do. <laughs> <laughs> right on, guys. Have a great night, everybody. Right. You too, guys. Take care. Bye.